BTB listeners, thank you so much for checking out today's episode. Listen, if this episode inspires you, do me a favor. Take five seconds to shoot me a like and subscribe to the podcast. There are several more exciting guests that are in the pipeline, and I just can't thank you enough for your continued support, and let's keep paying the mission forward. In today's episode, I interview Jacob Fox who is one of the co-founders of the Music Concept Songhouse based in Nashville, Tennessee. Jacob has an extraordinary journey. As he came across Nashville in passing, meeting his friend for a birthday that he promised he would celebrate with. But Jacob's path led him not only to co-create Songhouse, but he has an inspiration to help empower musicians to embrace vulnerability, resilience, and the pursuit of their own dreams. We dive into the importance of having grit, whether it's in your work life or in your personal life, and how impossible is nothing is a true meaning that Jacob is living each and every day. Don't be afraid of the dark. Be careful with stars. Not every light is gonna guide you. Welcome to the BTB Project designed to empower listeners to identify their why and to live their best lives no matter the circumstances. My name is Coleman Gerhardt, a former athlete and motivational coach. I've had the opportunity to inspire thousands through my story and help accomplish what they are built to be. You'll be encouraged by each and every episode, and let's get into it. Yeah, when I blow up, I'm a sore high like Peter Pan. In real life, be living all my dreams if I'm waking up in some as I said, often on the BTB project, music has been such a tremendous impact in my life. And there has been many decisions that I've made that have come from a song that happens to hit the radio or the CD player, maybe even the jukebox back in the day. But today's guest is someone that I know resonates with music as well. And he happens to be someone that I came across This gentleman is someone that has been right along the side of a good friend of mine, Tyler Ward. He is the co-founder of Songhouse, and I'm so excited to share his journey today on the BTB project. Mr. Jacob Fox, welcome, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We met at Tom's funeral, and we just had such a lovely conversation. You're very easy to talk to, so I'm excited just to have some time to chat today. This is awesome. I appreciate that. And as we were talking before we hopped on, sometimes you want first impressions to be in the the most vivid of positive memory. And I know that moment was a celebration of life, but you and I both saw a good friend of ours just try to support and help his dad till the bitter end. And with that said, I just would love for you to share, how are you able to be a support to a friend in that moment, because it's not easy to see anybody's dad have to go through that, but let alone try to support him. So why don't you tell the listeners about you and Tyler's relationship and how you helped him in a tough time in his life? Yeah, without getting into all the details of how Tom and I even first met, because that's a whole other story. It was when we first were connecting, truly, I became his assistant at the very end of 2019 right before the pandemic and then pandemic hits and there's like a solid two years where it was just me and Tyler and a lot of time talking about 
life and he was just retiring from YouTube and figuring out his next steps. And it was a very transitional period of his life. And I was able to meet his dad through that. And we were going back and forth to Denver all the time to see his parents. And so I learned a lot about where Tyler came from in that time. And you see the positives and beautiful things that helped build him up and the things that he struggled with, where that came from, as we all face that in our own lives. The ground you grow up on, man, it treats you well. And it also can put you down in the ground. Sometimes it can give you some grit. And so him and I just processed a lot of who he was and what he was trying to go towards, which eventually birthed into what Songhouse became. But it was special since I was there and it was just me and him. I spent a lot of time with his dad and his dad actually moved out to Nashville for a couple months to do some work out here. I got to know him as Tyler's oh, assistant. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, it, when Tom got sick, it was difficult to see Tyler step into this new role where he went back to Denver and he was taking care of him. And I have not experienced it yet, but. Obviously, you live a life where your parents are taking care of you for so long. And then to be in a place where you're taking care of them almost in the same way, that's a difficult transition. And so it was just important for me to be there for him. And so I drove, I think it's 20 hours to Colorado from Tennessee. Made it happen. I grabbed his dogs, drove out there, and it was a beautiful service. And man, I loved Tom. Tom was a coach. He was like a true coach. And he made Tyler a coach. And I don't think Tyler would be the coach he is and lead Songhouse the way he leads Songhouse without having witnessed his dad be a coach. So it was just, it was special, honestly. Not just, it wasn't me trying to be a supportive friend as much as it was a beautiful opportunity for me to even be there and witness the celebration of his dad's life. Yeah. uh, I mean, that's well said and it it connects a lot of dots for me because growing up with Tyler, Tom was a huge part of my life in athletics. He was heavily involved in our strength and conditioning program and in high school before Tyler went to Cheyenne Mountain when we were at school together at Ponderosa and his mom was actually my music teacher a few times when she was playing the, the piano and He's good. Yeah, she's real good. She's real good. We all know where the music bone came from in that family, but it's cool, yeah, to see Tyler put that coach hat on with helping mentor and lead these musicians with Songhouse. But it makes me want to draw a circle around you, Jacob, because here's some other fun connecting of dots between you and I, as I am a coach myself, have a high intense uh, tennis background and one of my clients that I got to work with here in Evergreen, Colorado, he went to a high school called Mullen and got a scholarship to play college tennis at Liberty University. Oh, no my man, our Liberty Flames. I'd love for you to talk to the listeners about. Ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> this is my sport, the Liberty Flames. Look at that, man. Rashad Jennings, the first kind of NFL guy to come out of that school. I'm a big football head, so I got the helmet, had to. Yeah. I'd love for you to tell me about where are you from originally and what led you to make the decision to go to Liberty, man? Yeah, so I originally uh, am from New Hampshire, which it's hysterical because a lot of times when I say that, some people don't know what I'm talking about. 
which is crazy, but people don't know our geography super well. So up in the Northeast is, I always say is about an hour, 15 minutes north of Boston. Very small town, a few thousand people. It was a different kind of life than I have now. I feel like New England's a bit of a time capsule. And so they're like 20 years behind everybody else. And so it's a lot of like blue collar jobs. You got your crab fishermen and your electricians and construction workers and plumbers. And that is, it's like a wave Brit up there. Originally, I spent all the way up through high school there. I went to three different schools. I was in a private school and then public school. And then I went back to a private school that my mom worked at. So I grew up in Christian household. That was a very large part of my life. And then high school had this different perspective and change in my own faith of how I viewed what I believed and why I believed it. And for the first time, instead of just having believed something because of where I came from, I believed something because I chose to. And liberty was this step of, okay, I want to go somewhere where there's no denomination or strict like it was a Christian university, but it was a place where there was Christians with a lot of different perspectives from a lot of different places around the world. And to me, that was what I was looking for. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just was like, I'm going to go to college and figure out life. And I want to get out of this rut of, I know I don't want to do whatever's here in New Hampshire. I need to go and explore and figure out who I am and, and what I want. And so I went to Liberty and I met some of my best friends in the world there. I lived on a dorm hall of 60 guys. You have your little cement cube with two other people living in there in bunk beds, very like military style. But man, it, it, it was, it would be hard to live that way again at this point in life. But I look back and I cherish that time so much. And I learned so much of who I was and what I wanted to do and the type of person I wanted to be at that place. So. It was, it was the right choice. It was the right choice for me. Now, being a football head, like you said, were you able to tap into some athletics, whether, whether it was high school or college? Looking back, I wish I played football longer. I was in an unfortunate situation. Of, in middle school, I joined a football team. We lost every game. We scored one touchdown. And uh, that discouraged me. And so I did not continue my playing football journey after that, but I played basketball all the way up to the end of high school. What I'll say I learned in my sports journey was I got tall really quick when I was young. So near the end of middle school, I'm already six foot. And so they're putting me as the big man in the post. And I'm not learning a lot of dribbling skills as much as I'm learning about one dribble moves faking people out in the post, dishing passes. And then all of a sudden I stopped growing and everybody caught up to me. Uh, yeah. so post skills in high school, but I didn't have the dribbling ability or the shooting skill from range. And so I very much became a defender. And that was where I, I built who I was in the sports world was like, you know what? I want to find the best guy on the floor and make his life really hard. Yeah. Uh, and I took a lot of pride in that. So yeah, I had a sports journey with basketball. That was the primary thing. Yeah, that's awesome because my football story that I tapped into was very similar. I played middle school. I actually played recreational soccer with Tyler back in the day. 
an uncovered story of when I was scoring goals from half field. It's a good coffee talk for you guys. At some point. But no, oh man, I tapped into football, but I was a long snapper. And I remember one time playing special teams, snapped the ball. My assignment was to go down and tackle the guy receiving the kick and snap the ball, go down the field. And I got sideswiped maybe 35 yards down the field. And I got a massive concussion. And at that point, I had an older brother beat me in every sport and the sport of tennis came up and it was the only sport I could finally beat him in. He proceeded to duct tape me on a flagpole afterwards, but nonetheless, man, yeah, I get it with football and with basketball. It's fascinating because the gentleman that I told you about who went to Liberty, his name was Stan Vaughn, played college tennis there. And he had a, an athletic trainer that was a big football guy, but similar story that grew fast and then stopped. Everyone caught up. So he went to basketball as well. And now he's been one of the lead athletic trainers at Liberty for over the last 20 years. His name's Aaron Schneider, who I was able to have on the podcast. And it was so cool hearing just the story of athletics in general at Liberty. I know you showed me the Rashad Jennings helmet. There must have been a lot of cool moments for you as a student there to watch some of those athletic moments. Do you have a couple that come to mind that you'd like to share? I remember being able to like storm a football field when you're in college is, is like a moment everybody needs to have. That is so cool. After a dramatic win, being able to run out there and celebrate and slap players on the helmet and the whole student section's gone down. Like that is an awesome experience. Because you feel so connected as like a school, like you're all on the same mission, whether you were on the field actually touching the ball or if you were screaming to make sure that the quarterbacks got to switch to hand signals on the other team. Yeah. Uh, so I, I love that, man. I, I wish I was there. I left like the year before we had a little bit of a March Madness run. Oh, it was yeah. super exciting to watch um, from a distance and on TV. Uh, but the athletics program there now is like getting super serious. Like it's, it, they're rising up the ranks. I mean, they were a top 25 uh, team in the NCAA this year. So it's exciting to watch them grow and actually have some NFL prospects come out uh, some and NBA prospects come out. It's cool. And I feel like I got in right before they started being even more relevant. So I can be that old man one day. It's like, oh, I used to go yeah. to you're the OG, man. There you go. <laughs> There's something that I've caught on to through our conversation so far, Jacob, with your athletic background and what you're up to today. And I want to get your two cents on this because I know that you're one of the masterminds behind this music concept, Songhouse, that it's definitely going in a direction that is impacting lives and, in my opinion, changing the world. But it doesn't come without a certain amount of effort. And you said the word grit twice in this conversation so far. What does grit mean to you? And how has that been able to be something that allows Songhouse to be what it is today? Man, grit is such a huge part of a, I don't want to say a successful life, but like a life that you're proud of and you love to live. Like I wouldn't be as happy in my life if it wasn't for earning some grit yeah. um, and you earn that by going through the muck and 
there's been a lot of different moments in my life where I've had to go through the muck. And with Songhouse, we've had to go through the muck. You learn it's such a beautiful thing when you look at it from an outside perspective. And wow, like it's just a group of people making songs. It's awesome. But that first year we had in Songhouse was difficult because there were so many things to figure out. And it went from like a group of friends that were just made songs in 30 minutes and it took off on the first post. Our first post was 4 million views. And then we post again and all of a sudden we posted pretty much every day since then. And it's only grown every single day. But behind the scenes, it was like, okay, now we have to put structure to this and, and find a formula for this. And wow, it turns out that in the world of music, a lot of people get screwed over. And how do you do something different. And then when you start trying to do something different, people get scared because now it looks different and it becomes a bit of a, a mess. But to come back to grit is important to me because I feel like when you've tasted the bad, the good is so much sweeter. Really, when you go through something difficult, you appreciate the beauty on the other side so much more. And I don't know, I, I grew up and I knew some people who didn't face a lot of things in life and they were almost like bored with life because there wasn't much going on or they didn't have much inspiration to go towards something else. And then myself and other people I knew who had like gone through difficult things, as much as in that time it felt like suffering, on the other side of it, there was something so much more beautiful that you never could have seen unless you went through the difficulties. Yeah, it, it's a huge part of life. And I like wish it on most people. Like, I hope you have some struggle. I hope I have more struggle. And now I can be excited about when struggle comes up. If I just remind myself, like, man, this is part of the process. I'm going to be so much more excited about what's coming next. I can focus on, wow, if I'm in the thick of this, I'm in the part of the formula that gets me to success. Yeah, and I think grit is such a important thing to understand because from a big fisheye lens of what you've been able to accomplish at Songhouse, that a lot of people have this perception that it just comes out of thin air, or it comes easy. And everything that I've learned about whether it's Songhouse or Tyler Ward's journey, my journey as an athlete is all of the most fruitful things if you, that you've mentioned are all birthed from the ashes per se, or from adversity. And what I'm noticing as I watch the evolution of Songhouse and I hear some of these stories of the musicians and how those stories are tied to then lyrics, then to a song, that you guys are putting yourself around a whole lot of artists that have that same grit and the gig worker industry is something to where these people are just grinding every single day and if you don't have grit you phase out or you get discouraged pretty quick so i'd love for you to speak to how have you seen grits in some of these artists that you've worked with and do you believe that it's a necessary antidote to to make it these days yeah, it's a different kind of grit that I don't think gets enough respect for a lot of these artists here in Nashville, because at least when I first think of grit and I want to make the assumption that most people think of, you're thinking of a very like 
physically tough going through real hard like this and that and like it might leave you even physically beat up a little bit but the people here it's a different kind of grit where it's like they go and they work a job uh being a waiter waitress bartender coffee barista something that most of us don't really we wouldn't choose to go just do that as a dream job right but they're doing that to supplement income and then have time to be able to go work on their art. And then they work on the art. And then now in today's world, you have to also be a content creator if you wanna make music and be independent, which is the best route you can go. And that's a whole other beast you have to learn of how do I actually film myself? How do I not just take like these songs where I'm projecting my own personality and experience and stories of my life? I gotta write that and put that together. That's its own thing. I have to be vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Next, I have to find a way to promote that. And most of us who have never been on camera before, like putting your personality on camera without putting your camera voice on and without putting your camera looks on is really hard to do. And so that's a whole thing you got to learn. And then once you've learned that and you're in the process of learning it and you're posting, it's like you've put in 80 hours of work between your job and then making content and making music and doing all this stuff just to post it on Instagram and someone think it's cringy. It's tough. Like it does take a lot of mental fortitude because you're putting in so much work for people's judgments within the first five seconds of looking at something. It's very much like the world we live in now. And we have to find a way to appeal to that while also being authentic to ourselves. And man, I have so much respect for the artists in Nashville especially with the pure amount of talent. I, I never knew this until I came here, that this town is so full of insane talent that nobody listens to. That seems so unfair and it blows my mind. It's because you have to do so much more than be talented to make it in music. And that, that's where, yeah, coming circling back to the grit side of things, it's an absolute must here because there's no easy way. Every once in a while, there's going to be that one artist that just naturally has the thing. They're the LeBron of the city. But for the 99.9% .9 of the rest of us, it's going to take some going through the muck to get where you want to go. It's going to take a lot of time and a lot of work mm. and a, a vulnerability, which is like a whole added thing on top to actually have any kind of success. So ton of respect for people here. I've gained a ton. Everything you just said, I resonate with. We're talking about the BTB project and this podcast and a lot of, of those weights of opinions and the comparison and are people going to want to hear what I have to say? I struggle with that a lot. And what I've realized and I would love for you to speak to this of your perception of how the artists have received Songhouse is it seems like there might be that pimped up kind of insecurity of what people are going to think or say, and then you record or film and post or whatever it may be. What does it mean to you to see the reaction of the artists seeing how their music and how this mission of Songhouse has impacted lives? When you hit like a special song where someone was vulnerable 
Like the first one that comes to my mind is Emmy Russell put out a song called Skinny with us. And she's just got vulnerable about struggling with eating and, and not gaining weight and kind of having inner tendencies because you want to look your best and be your best, but then you go other places in the world and that's not the focus. The focus is finding the next meal for the day. And it's crazy that two different humans can have those two different perspectives. And she just put a beautiful song together and she's so talented and know how to put something together like that. Mm. See the impact it has on so many people. It's immeasurable. And it's in a weird way, a lot of weight for that artist to feel like, wow, I wrote this because I was struggling with it and I know other people struggle with it, but this made it real. And people are leaving comments that are this long and you're getting hundreds of DMs and it can be a lot for an artist, but I think there's a certain level of peace that comes with the relatability of knowing you're not alone mm. in your own struggles. And music is a beautiful medium where you can say something that so directly impacts the heart in a very specific area where if you spoke it to them, it might just be like, yeah, I've heard that before. But when you sing it to them and you put it behind chords, like it, it hits a certain wavelength of our soul that is impactful. So it's special to see that. I'll also say that what comes to my mind is songhouse I have learned Songhouse has taught me a lot. Obviously, Tyler and I, a lot of just who we are and the way we live our life is birth Songhouse and what it's become. But Songhouse also is a teacher in and of itself. And it founded itself in many ways. Mm -hmm. And one aspect of it is it's extremely educational to artists. And one of my favorite things about it is an artist will get a taste of what it's like to be heard. Being heard is a very different experience when it's from a large group of people because sometimes you hear things that are negative and awful and you've got to learn how do you deal with making something you love that someone else might hate for no reason even and in the same way making something that they love and it's an overwhelming amount of love how do you deal with that? and so many of our artists have come away and been like man this space is i've learned about what it means to be an artist because I'm experiencing what it's like for people to actually hear my stuff. And so I always tell them, like, this space, it's important for you to come to Songhouse and use this space to learn, hey, this is what it means to put myself out in the world. And do I enjoy that? Do I like that? And Songhouse isn't going to be what gets you to the top. It's going to show you a little bit what it looks like. And then on your own volition, like, how do I then make stuff that's for me, but also is going to impact others and I'm going to be able to handle that. So, yeah. Yeah. The grabbing someone's attention through authenticity, through the way that the kind of cinematography of watching an experience on Instagram to where a story shared the song is played there's community around that artist I, I definitely could see why it's such a resonating moment for the listeners because we do have short attention spans especially on the internet and i think you guys have done a great job of cap capturing a story sooner rather than later to at least give you a sneak peek of what's possible 
of these artists. And with that said, when it comes to to you, Jacob, and music and how you got to this point, we talked about athletics and you were Ding up in basketball and now you're heavy in the music game. How did music come across Jacob Fox and what are you doing in Nashville, man? Dude, some things in life are, many things in life are surprising. And music has been the biggest surprise in my life. I had no intention of ever being in the world of music, ever. It was not part of a plan in my life. I liked listening to music, as does everybody else on the planet. But after I graduated from college, I went back home, and my family actually owns like a meat smoking house. It's like my grandfather started it with bricks from his field, just built like a smoker to smoke some cheese in. And then so many neighbors were asking for it that eventually it became a business. And it's been there for over 50 years. And my dad ran it uh, forever. And I spent probably over eight years of my own life just working in that Mm. freezer unit and smoking stuff and selling product. And that was the life I knew for so long. And like I said earlier, I I felt like I needed something more. And there was a creative part of me that wasn't, wasn't being expressed that I needed to express. And so I went to Liberty to find that graduate and I went right back to the smoking meat job and I did it for about eight, nine months. And I was sitting there and I didn't know what to do with my life still after college Uh, as so many college graduates are now. And I was like, you know what? I got this one buddy who's a nut job. We'll just, he's down for anything. And so I went to his house and I was like, Hey, what if in four or five months we just take my truck and we just build out the back to sleep in it and we just drive around the country. And I loved, I went to, I did go to school for videography and fell in love with photography in the progress. Oh, sweet. Like, the Nat Geo photo guy. And the only way you can do that, and I was listening to all the podcasts from all the guys that have done it. And the only way you can do that is if you just go do it. Right. And then eventually your work speaks for itself and people hire you because your work speaks for itself. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take photos across all of America and it's the cheapest way I can do it. So I went and I worked a phone call job for about four months and it was the best paying job I had, but it was miserable because it was a phone call job. Um, Lived that out. And then as soon as I hit that four month mark and I made out as much as I wanted, I was like, all right, I'm out. I'm quitting. I went home. Me and my buddy built out the back of this truck. It was dented and scraped. I'd rolled it off a highway once. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> but this thing was like beat up there on the side of the road. There's a like a camper back, but it was missing the back part of it. So took that to power wash the whole thing, bolted it down to the back of my truck. And then I took a piece of wood, which is right yeah, there. Yeah, see that? Yeah. And I put it on the back with a piece of plexiglass. So it would shut, and that was the makeshift door for it. I'd gone through, like, the worst breakup of my life at the time, and so spray-painted the words, the struggle bus on the back of it. And me and my buddy just took three months, and we drove across the whole country, just wherever we wanted to go. And I processed, like, my breakup, and I took photos, and I was building a little Instagram thing around my photography. And it's coming near the end of that trip. Like, we're just about three months in. My friend gets head to toe poison oak 
all over him, every part of his body, all of it. Had to go to the hospital in Seattle and he got like steroids for it. And they were like making him kind of out of it. And it was just a rough time. And we were like, you know what? Let's just go home. Let's take ourselves home. And my friend, and she sends me a text. She's like, hey, your road trip is so awesome. Are you still coming through Nashville? Like, I'm so excited to see you. Because her and I shared the same birthday. And it was almost our birthday. And I was like, oh. Man, I'm like, I want to go home. I don't want to do this. This is like a little out of the way. Then I felt guilty because I told her I was going to come and we were going to celebrate our birthday together. And so I was like, all right, you know what? Let's just do it, man. Like, I know we're suffering a bit, but let's have this be our last stop. Popped in Nashville, Tennessee. And that's where I met Tyler. Was the moment there. And we just hit it off, obviously, over talking about heartbreak. That's the best way to connect with Tyler is to be like, man, I had a rough breakup. <laughs> oh, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. We just, we bonded over that and it was just such a great conversation. And I had been just itching and I knew I was driving back to New Hampshire and I was like, I can't stay there. I got to go somewhere else. And Tyler was like, just move here. And two weeks later, I moved to Nashville, um, packed up everything I had in that same truck, drove right back down. I had $50 left in my bank after I paid some guy on Facebook Marketplace for a spot to stay for a month and a half. Started working for Tyler and man, then there was pandemic. And so there was like a year of what is going on? We had the tornado come through and it tore my entire street down in Nashville. It was the craziest year of my life. And, and we were getting towards the end of that. And I was so confused with what I wanted. Cause I was like in this creative space, but it was shut down all of a sudden. And I had a friend in North Carolina who was like, I can get you a job that's going to pay you twice as much money. And I was like, man, I should maybe take this job. It's, it's an office job, but if I can make twice as much money, maybe I can start doing more photo stuff on the side. So I hadn't done that for the pandemic. And I went to Tyler and I was like, Dude, I like love you. I love this space. You're like retired, not sure what you're doing. I might have to go take this job. I'm like 80% sure I'm going to do it. And he's, I respect that a ton. So let's just feel out the next couple weeks and wow. see what happens. And so in that two weeks, I go to one wedding. It was a friend's wedding. And this guy... He's not like a prolific singer by any means, but he sings this song at his wedding. And it's all my friends that are in North Carolina that work this job I'm supposed to go do. And this guy's singing at his wedding and all his friends are singing along with him and they play the song like twice, three times. And I was sitting there and I was like, man, I'm about to leave Nashville, Tennessee, this place of music where I know all these musicians. And I never even tried to sing one song, even if I'm bad. I know people who have auto-tune. I want what this guy has, where he has one song that he sings at his wedding. That's so cool. And so I sent Tyler a voice memo. And I'm like, man, before I leave Tennessee, I was like, this is a big insecurity of mine, but here's me singing. Do you think we could write one song together and I could have that to play at my wedding one day? And he was like, dude, we got to do it. You got to come to the studio and we'll make it happen. So I go in the studio and we write a song 
and takes a few glasses of wine, whiskey, whatever it was. We write a song and it's called Send My Love. And it was all about my road trip and about this whole journey and adventure I'd gone on. And I I had so much fun doing it. And I was like, man, maybe I should just stay here a little longer and try to write some music and give a go at music. I released that song and it has almost 3 million streams now. It popped off. It just took off. It had its own legs. And all of a sudden I like felt like I had a new life in a creative field. I like came alive and I was so focused on photos could be something. Photos could be something. And then all of a sudden like music came into my life where, oh, I'm not just around people that make music, but maybe I can make it too. And it was only like a month later that we had a triple book session where I was writing, my friend was writing. Tyler was coming in with some writers and that was the first songhouse that ever happened. So the start of my music journey came from me trying to run away from it. And then all of a sudden it birthed into something that's changed my life more than anything else has ever changed my life. So a little bit of a long story there, all the the journey to getting into it. And man, I never thought that it would, life would turn out this way. But if there's one thing I have learned repetitively in the pattern of my own life, it is always the unexpected that I fall in love with the most. And so, man, when things get foggy, when I can't see too far in the distance, I used to get scared. Now I get excited because I know that what's out there could be bigger and more exciting and more beautiful than what I could imagine standing where I am at this moment. It's been a spectral journey. I'm just so excited to be on it, man. Yeah, and that voice memo that you sent, it's just as I've been talking to folks on the BTD project, it's those moments of uncertainty to where our whys truly become established. And as Simon Sinek would say, our why can overcome any how. And listening to an interview with you and Tyler and Kelly Clarkson, and how she's talking about, man, Songhouse, I wish I had that growing up and seeing how it came about, that it wasn't this crazy like whiteboard session of planning, that it was birthed by creative passion and enthusiasm towards what, what your hearts were saying at the time. And I think there's a lot that we can all learn from that. And With that said, Jacob, I know that you've experienced a lot, a very immense amount of adversity with $50 down in your bank account, not taking the job to going all eggs in the basket with Songhouse. I would love for you to share with the listeners what is the goal with Songhouse, man? What's the long game for you guys? I'll I'll say two things to it. One is... There's always a main vision, which is where did we start? What was the intention? And it very much is, this is a, it's building community of all sorts of people that are expressing themselves in the vein of music. And at the end of the day, like what I care about is being with good people surrounded by good people and just walking through life together. And I've been able to witness so many people come through the songhouse doors and have a life-changing moment. Not that I created the life-changing moment at all, but just by providing a space where people are comfortable enough to be vulnerable and be themselves, 
I've witnessed so many people's trajectory of their lives change. Mm. And I want to support that in whatever way that looks. And to me, Songhouse needs to always be a place where that is happening. Because uh-huh. if that isn't happening, then we've gone off the rails from who we are. Past that, there's so many exciting things happening. We're doing camps now, and we're talking with different production companies about TV shows and this, that, and the other. There's so many opportunities. I get excited about those opportunities. And Tyler and I together come and say, what is going to work? What is like fits in our vein and, and will make the most sense. But I've also learned that pivoting is a critical part of owning a business and you're always shifting, pivoting, making moves because you're always learning. And if you're not learning, you're not growing, but we've been growing fast because we've been learning a lot of stuff about what works and what doesn't work. And to me, I'm like, as long as we establish the core of, hey, we are a community of people that like lifts others up and lets people be heard. As long as we're always doing that, I don't care how the rest of the stuff looks. We're going to pivot and figure that out as it goes. Yeah, I find it fascinating that you go from pivoting on the basketball court to pivoting in the business world. Yeah. Being led by that passion, that grit. What a tremendous story, Mr. Jacob Fox. And with that said, I got one more for you. Right. But sometimes with Songhouse, you put these artists in the pressure cooker, maybe give them 15 minutes to write a song and then sing it. And if it goes viral, you'll produce it. But with you, I have a quick question and I would like you to try to answer it in less than 10 seconds. Yeah. Question's very simple, man. Often on the BTB projects, people are saying that impossible is nothing. What does that mean to you? Ooh, impossible is nothing. Because, oh, that's a good question. The the 10 seconds is pressuring me now. All right. (laughs) It's okay, man. I'm extending the time a little bit, but no, impossible is nothing. What does that mean to Jacob Fox, man? To me, I would say that impossible is nothing. Immediately, my brain just goes to anything is possible. And I, I believe that in the sense of, man, if you're just open and if you're somebody that moves, if there's anything I preach in this life, it's like, move, don't be stagnant. Because if you're stagnant, you're waiting for things to come to you. If you're moving, you're running into all the stuff along the way. And there is, everything is out there, right? As simple as it is, everything is out there. If you're just moving, you're going to catch some of it along the way. My man, I'm proud of you. I appreciate the friend that you've been to good friend of mine from back in the day and i'm cheering for you guys i'm definitely going to leave in the podcast notes how people can find songhouse we're going to support the heck out of you and keep going impossible is nothing jacob fox thanks for spending some time with me today on the btb project thanks for having me congrats on everything this is super awesome to be a part of so thanks so much what an awesome journey that we were able to go down with jacob fox And the ability to understand that life has its moments where opportunities present themselves that you never thought would come about. As he's passionate about his photography and wanting to possibly go back where he's from, where he's been, and he decides to send a voice memo to a musician that could help him end up falling in love with the music and becoming a singer-songwriter to help impact many people's lives. 
And that ability to tap into grit and to have the determination to fight through that move to Nashville, survive all of the chain of events with difficult circumstances in the community and continuing to push forward to go after a dream and a passion as a creative. Jacob is a testament to true entrepreneurship, leaning not on your own understanding, but going after a goal and a dream and taking a risk that has allowed him to become the person he is today. Listen, if Jacob's story impacted you, do me a favor, like and subscribe to the BTB Project. Better yet, send this episode to a family member, friend, or colleague and tell them why the story impacted you. It's together as a BTB community, we can help one another. We can continue to become what we're built to be. I'm proud of each and every one of you. And until next time, take care.